haven't seen yet. We're now ready for Fat Man Returns to be followed by Fat Man Forever, then Fat Man and Robin. Then we can reboot this whole thing. <laughs> you know, someone out there is going to get really mad that you made that joke, but they can't say anything because you made the joke. And I'm fat, so <laughs> if they can't tell. They'll, they'll have to watch the rebooted, um, you know, the, where they can see my origin story. Fat Man Begins. Stop. <laughs> and then the Fat Knight. Stop. Followed by the Fat Knight Rising. <laughs> that was bad. That was bad. I, I, I wish I heard that one before I said it. I wish I heard it in my head before I said it. Part of my prep time. I had prep time on it. I cried. Fat man, fat man can eat anything with prep time. <laughs> anything if there's prep time. You see one of those giant 10 feet, you know, 10 feet long pizzas? Well, hey, with prep time, fat man can eat it. <laughs> you know, I think, okay, side note, people, we're kind of, we're getting back into the mode here. But I am lingering around. I have no clue. I, I get on my scale and one day it says 129 pounds. Then I go to the doctors and it says 138 pounds. So which one's right? I don't know. But I have people uh, The one ask that makes you feel better. Yeah, but you it's know, really. They got it, like two or three different scales at the, the, the weight loss doctor I'm going to. And they're all like within like two or three pounds of each other. None of them say the exact same thing. Even if it's like know. a couple minutes apart. Here's what I understand. Like, why, why do I have like a nine pound range? Okay. That being said, I go with the higher range because I kind of just want to see what people say. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm very active, you know, I train a lot and I, I do obviously people like, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like skinny, but people, they, they look at me and they go, Oh, Annette, wow. You're so skinny. You're in such great shape. You must be so light. Like how much do you weigh? 115 pounds. I'm like, no, I'm 138. And people say to me, I didn't know you were that fat. I'm like, who just says that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. You'll you'll have to find out in the latest reboot, um, the Fat Man. <laughs> it's going to be a three-hour you know mystery adventure involving Wait. not only just the eating of the food but the cooking of the food as well. Wait, is Fat Man joined by Fat Woman? Probably. Well, that's only going to be, that's only going to be in the television show when Fat Man is replaced by the Fat Woman, because they don't have enough money to pay Fat Man to be in that one. Wow, we. I'm sorry, people. We went on a really <laughs> hilarious side tangent, not to be taken seriously at all. Never. But we hope at some point that you also found that hilarious. That being said. <laughs> I'm really glad that I don't suffer from any kind of eating disorders. So the amount of comments I've gotten from people are like, well, you don't look that big. You don't look that fat. Oh, you must wear it really well. I'm like, oh, who says things like that? Very ignorant. Okay. 
<clears throat> so let's get back to Mendelssohn here until we were rudely interrupted by uh, Zoom. Zoom, how dare it. The next part that happens is all of a sudden goes really soft. We go from forte, which would be this. Well, that's more fortissimo, so it'd be more like this. Then we go to I'm assuming some kind of fox or wild boar has been found. It's like, go get it! Chase the thing! I oh guess. Gosh. And then literally like two bars later, it's real quiet again. Exactly. <laughs> yep, yep. So for me, when I was practicing, it's like this. I have to go slow because... People, if you're not looking, I'm jumping like, I'm jumping this far, both of us are. So my teacher, Dr. Stephen Smith, shout out as well. When I'm doing these big um, chord shifts to visualize the keyboard. <laughs> <coughs> I don't know how your teacher taught you, Jeff. Um, what's the strategy that you use when you're doing these big shifts from an octave? So this is an octave, which means there's eight keys between. Yeah. started with like the same idea like you know both kind of visualizing the keyboard ascents sometimes one thing i was like was almost like imagine like almost like where the thumb is going ah oh oh let me try that oh that's really helpful Because like these are actually fun fact, people. These are our three strongest <laughs> fingers. Well, you know what we call the uh, these two fingers, right? What? Dumb and Dumber. Ah, Dumb and Dumber. I didn't know that. That's like one of my one, one of my uh, first piano teachers always called like the the pinky and ring finger. It's just like yeah, it's Dumb and Dumber. It never dumb wants and to. Dumber. You know, and then like another way too is just like <laughs> you know when you're just trying to get those shapes, like and you're just doing it, just like move up there fast. But then kind of before you play, check, you, you know, like the shape and that you're over mm. the right numbers, yeah. uh, the right keys, then play it just to kind of feel where it's going and mm. uh, kind of check for accuracy. Um, like Enemy. when I think we're at two different points on this one, because you said you played this one where you worked on it before. Um, I, I, I went over it a little bit. I've had yeah. a little bit of practice time with it. I played it pretty well when I was in my early 20s, but what what part what are you strategizing like where how are you getting to the next point here you mean with those uh those jumps or the piece in general um just those jumps specifically you know i'm kind of once again thinking about the shape um <laughs> in separate practice obviously like i want to feel you know the name of the game for me is to feel comfortable mm -hmm. you know and sometimes uh obviously that goes to you know our best friend slow practice you know i need to feel real comfortable just 
but I want to be doing it slow enough uh, so that for one, I can stay relaxed when playing it so that as I speed it up, I can maintain, you know, that relaxation. Um, Cause like, man, I can, it, when it gets too tense, man, your, your hands are just going to stop working on you, you know? And, and what slow practices people, uh, if you haven't done it, hopefully aspiring pianists, even if you're a hobbyist, <laughs> here's what slow practice is. It's like this. Um, where should I start from? Maybe. It's that slow, even slower sometimes. I think like the big, the big tip, I'm, you know, like I've heard a lot and it was definitely given to me too, like by several teachers is, is like, okay, the second that you think you're practicing too slow, slow it down even more. Because, because once again, it's the idea you, you want to have two things in mind for one is kind of like relaxation and voicing, you know? Like, okay, you're we're just even looking at the right hand, you know, we want to keep that top note in this case. You know, so you're going to have to be able to play it slow enough that you can like voice that and make sure and really bring out the top note. It's a little harder for me to do on a digital uh, piano a little bit. Um, but yeah, like slow. You know, and it is difficult because even when I'm doing it, especially since I'm on camera with the microphone on me, I really just want to rush through it and be like, hey, look at me. Look how fast I am, you know. It should be this slow when you're practicing. I could even go slower than this and I should. Oh, I mean, yeah, you want it to be a speed that like, you're not going to miss notes. You're really thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. So then I would adjust and do. And for anyone doing it, like I um obviously the metronome is your friend. Here's mine. Poor thing. It's up in about a wound. <laughs> I got mine over there and I got one on my phone. I got one on my piano. Like I, I got too many metronomes, you know. We, <laughs> Way to brag. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's such a brag. Me and all my metronomes. <laughs> me and all my metronomes. Yes. And I, I still can't play in time some days. So. <laughs> that's a pianist. That is a pianist downfall because we tend to not collaborate with other musicians as much. So our sense of timing is sometimes not that great. And we, we usually like to go with, but I'm using, you know, Roboto. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. You still have to feel the pulse. Like, you know, yeah. it's, uh, and you know, and another big, you know, side rant on for anyone practicing this one would be definitely just keep that pulse in mind. Cause if you have like a steady tempo uh, and you feel it really well, like you will not need to physically play that fast and you will still sound plenty of fast. Anyone who's listening. Oh, okay. Elaborate on that. Um, I wish, uh, so like if you're, you're keeping like a steady tempo. So in this case, we got the, that in three, you know, the, you know, you've got to keep that pulse of three to one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, if you, be, which can also be, if you were conducted, conducted mm -hmm. you can interpret it as a march one, two. And if you, you could think of it as one, two, 
Mm -hmm. kind of changes how you interpret the timing as well a little bit yeah you know and it, it, that will also depend like you know like how fast you're wanting to play it because i almost feel like the slower you play something the more details you have to pay attention to you know you hear your mistakes yeah. for a lot longer but going back to this idea like of just if you keep a steady tempo you won't need to have you won't need to be the fastest interpretation out there to sound fast you know um and that's just because everything will sound in order I, man what's a good way of like it, it, uh, it's it's going to sound a there's like a standardization to the yeah because here's the thing if you play fast and you don't have that timing with you um well that one's a lot easier to demonstrate since like i literally was just looking at the music before we did this so, yeah, like you know, like you know like if i try that you know Like all those mistakes are really going to add up. It's not going to take away. But if I'm really paying attention to the time, and I keep leaving out an accidental in there, I know this is driving me nuts. You know, dun, 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 dun. I all of a sudden, like, you know, I, I'm going to need to have speed because it's marked, you know, molto allegro vivace, but I'm not going to have to play at my fastest level you know right. like to get that to sound good to sound fast yeah. uh, you know the shaping is going to be there right um well this also gets difficult like some people might listen out on mendelssohn and be like it's easy to say read it's not that difficult when you first start yeah i feel like duck face is necessary <laughs> for, the, for the piano bro yeah i'm calling you guys out who can sight read really quick and you guys thought you were the coolest guys in the studio because you could sight read stuff right off the bat you're piano bros it is what it is and i just made that a thing <laughs> i would drop a mic if i had one to build. piano bros no that's piano bros they're gonna be piano and bros. i mean i think the sight readingness on this one is not because it's it's not difficult because we got once again a lot of information these on the page octaves, these octaves go crazy mm-hmm like, But it's that straightforwardness of Mendelssohn, you know, that makes it easier. Like he's very clean. So we yeah. can kind of, we can see the shapes pretty easily on the page. So, I mean, that does, I think, lend itself decently to being easier to sight read. It, it's still very, you know, like, I don't want to say box-like, because I feel that's a bad metaphor, but like looking at it, like things are played together. Things are, you know, you, you can see where it's moving up, it's moving down. Like in, in that sense, it is easier. But I mean, also there's kind of a lot of Franz Liszt pieces that like are not as hard to pull off for the same kind of reasons, you know. Wait a second, we gotta pause. You just got me triggered because you said box. Triggered. Oh, no, no, I said box. Box? Like B-O-X, like a cardboard box. Oh, I thought you were talking about Johann Sebastian box. Well, I mean, everything does fit in within the box of Johann Sebastian Bach. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm triggered with Bach because you know I've been studying to become better with German. Mm -hmm. The reason that Bach is written the way it is is because. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. So I was just providing background, philosophizing music. Go ahead. I'm going to turn this down, and you're going to philosophize, no, 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 and I'm no, going to play some. Up, keep it up. Keep it up. <laughs> go ahead and start talking. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. The reason that Bach is so hard to play is because he wrote 
his music in the style of the language. Most people say, oh, to become a polyglot, you don't have to worry about grammar. Not so with German. If you don't put the separative participles and the verb, you don't put it in the right place, your sentence doesn't make any sense anymore. Okay, I, I got I got a little bit uh, I got a little bit triggered because most people say, oh, ignore the grammar, just put the stuff together. No, you do that with German, your sentence makes no sense. You try to say it to a German speaker, and they look at you and they go, was? Sprechen Sie nicht Deutsch? Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Sprechen Sie keine Deutsch? Bitte? Oh, du bist ein Dummkopf. Then you're screwed. So, <laughs> you can see a bit because Mendelssohn was also German. Mm -hmm. And you could see a lot of this German strategizing in the way that he put this piece together. Oh, yeah. So, though. One thing I really do like about Mendelssohn, um, sometimes when he gets like a really cool sound of just like a chord, and sometimes it's even just like a nice little triad, mm -hmm. he's okay with just hanging out on that sound for a while. And it's but he does it in such an intricate way, though. That is so oh, no, no. I mean, I love it. It's one of the best things I love about it is that he's okay to just hang out and let you enjoy the sound. Yep. You know. Which is cool, which I feel... See if my argument, I don't know, see if you think that my argument is right or if you want to go in a different way with it. But I feel like that leans him a little bit more into the early romantic era as much as he doesn't want to be a romanticist. <laughs> you mean like his, um, which part? Well, the, hanging out on that one chord and just lingering with the feeling. Like, like there, there, there's a weird thing with him. Um that I would definitely kind of agree in that sense. Cause like he is part of that, like you, you could almost say like, you know, that transitional period before we really kind of get to like Trigger Chopin. Warning. Hmm? Trigger warning. Oh, you know that, uh, <laughs> you know, before we really kind of get into like the romantic kind of idea of like, you know, like Liszt, Brahms, Chopin, you know, stuff like that. So I mean like, yeah. You know, so I, I do kind of see it there, you know, because like he is like taking a lot of that like orchestral mindset in from Beethoven. Uh, sometimes of how light it is, I really feel like it's a continuation of Mozart in a way, just not all the oh yeah flighty single line kind of like no, he, he Mozart melody. That, but he does have that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um. So yeah, no, no, I think he fits in really well with that. Like he is making, you know, like any also kind of like a little bit like Brahms, he's kind of making use of like, you know, the older stuff and kind of keeping his his thing in there. But no, no, he's definitely more in that direction. You know, I would say like early romantic than, you know, and it is, as I said, just like that transitioning over to like what's going to come later that century. Trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, this is the trigger warning music. It's a C minor seven. jokes today oh man we're gonna get in trouble but i mean yeah looking at a lot of his works like because because he does have some of the more conservative works he does have a couple prelude fugues and stuff yeah. like that but like one of his biggest i mean like the songs about words is like kind of his biggest so well i mean there's a lot of opuses in it so he kept coming back to it you know yeah. and in, in a lot of ways is far more 
romantic than some of his other stuff, you know, and it, if you kind of listen to his sonatas, we don't play his sonatas all that much. Um, I have never played one of his sonatas. <laughs> I didn't even know one of his sonatas existed. <laughs> I think there's only like three of them. I mean, there, there's one that's really cool, but it sounds like difficult, you know, and then like, yeah. I think a lot of times we it see the Scott. Difficult. I don't want to do that. How embarrassing <laughs> of you. No, I, I, the one I see programmed most often from Mendelssohn is either the uh, Variation Sirius or like even the Scottish Fantasy Sonata or whatever. Scottish Fantasy? Wait, is that people who watch Outlander? <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to be played in Outlander. Don't Come fall on, off the piano. JV's a hunk. JV's a hunk. <laughs> okay, why do you think I jumped to saying Scottish Fantasy, Outlander? Come on. Uh, yeah, that's true. I get it. I get it. Have you been subjected to Outlander yet? No. You are one of the luckiest men out there. I mean, I don't have I don't have Showtime, so you know that's kind of helps. It's it's on Netflix. Don't tell anybody that. Someone else will have their own Scottish fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> now, because it's a Scottish thing, we're gonna be happy. started singing with us and it was super great we opened the windows and we started singing odd lang syne I don't blame you on that one. Well, you said Scottish fantasy and I got triggered. <laughs> oh, no, it's a very cool piece. Like, uh, um, he doesn't have a recording of the Scottish fantasy, but he has like a live video. Marie Pariah has like a really excellent rendition of it. You're going to have to send me the link. Now I, I will, because it, it's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, like, you know, but, but once again, we don't really play Mendelssohn much. So we, I, I think it, part of me also thinks like, considering how we think about programming music yeah. that he doesn't really fit neatly into that no it's typically who fits neatly into those things then you know i mean like it, it, it's like if you were going to put him in a in a place like if you played one of his sonatas oh man i know people who would just be like oh wouldn't you just replace the beethoven sonata because he's not romantic enough for to be the giant romantic work but the no, I know, I know, I know. It, it, it's it's one of those things because of how he feels. I, I think there's like a lot of people who don't know when to program his pieces in the thing. I mean, it's it's really kind of simple. Just somewhere in the middle, honestly. Like, you know, like it, it's 
you know, we, but I also think we're, we're kind of stuck in this place where it's like, okay, you have to have the Baroque piece, then you gotta have the whatever. And if you're really experimental, you're going to play an all Russian program, you know, cause you are a prodigy. And so they're just going to milk you until your body gives out on you. I mean, okay, that's terrible. I don't think that's what's maybe going on. But then I'm also kind of like, maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe. like, like sometimes I'll hear them be like, well, you know, I just don't feel mature enough for Beethoven, you know, and they're, they're paying me a lot of money to play the Prokofiev second again. I go, oh, so it's really, you're just going to play it till you physically can't, you get tendonitis, you come back and then you'll play Mozart and be like, yeah. I'm matured enough now. Prokofiev is really tough on your body. Oh, I know. Well, another thing I noticed, like, since I started more of a gym routine, I don't know if you can attest to this as well, because you've also been a bit more, like, consistent. Active. About it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, like, <clears throat> playing through all this stuff, though, it, I didn't realize how athletic being a pianist was. So, like, watch this for... annoying thing to have to keep doing over and over and over again so watch Oh yeah, no, it, it it moves around and it moves around at a pretty decent pace. No, I think what I've noticed is the more active I am, the less sluggish I feel. The better my playing gets. I can yeah, yeah, no. Better. I can keep moving. I don't get winded. I don't get stressed out. I'm not mm -hmm. having to consume as much oxygen. So I'm actually going to have to go here in a minute. So let me railroad this conversation here a little bit. What's your overall practice plan for this one long term? To get it into shape. I'm going to do slow practice on the octave heavy and the weird chords that have a lot of accidentals. I'm going to do very slow practice on that and strategize and just do methodological, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again, <laughs> very slowly. How about you? Um, I mean, we're going to both be kind of doing a little bit of the same on that one. Um, have you ever read, I'm going to pronounce her name wrong, Ruth Shalinskis? Shalinskis? Okay, so very very quick version on this one is is like she just had a record an album come out recently um and she's like in her 90s um but she's like the last living pupil of Rachmaninoff yeah and uh she wrote a book kind of about learning and I, I was like learning a piece and it was really interesting because she doesn't describe herself as a prodigy even though there's totally another book out there about how she's like a very abused prodigy or something <laughs> Um, I like the way she describes it because like both she's like working on the idea of getting the tempo up, but also like the repetition needed because well there's sometimes no getting around that you know. Yeah. So like, um, I think she like gets it like half tempo or something like that keeps the metronome on we will play through it. It's section by section, you know, because okay. you're putting it together. Oh, yeah. um, well, then the first time we'll literally just turn up the metronome by like two 
settings or whatever your metronome is. And the idea is to once again, stay relaxed and stay playing. And you keep doing that every two ticks, which, you know, on some metronomes is going to be more than just like one, you know, extra beat. It's going to be like two or three or four, you know. Um, but then the second you can't play it comfortably, you go back to your starting point. And then the idea is to do that again, except this time you go up by three ticks. And then, then, then you do by four ticks. Now, usually the book describes like never more than four ticks because they're kind of like, well, that's a little redundant. But the idea is like you're constantly working on getting it for one, that slow practice, but you're also constantly building speed. Okay. Um, I did this whenever I was doing the, uh, the Chopin third ballade. Yeah, I know the, uh, and I had some like, you know, some, yeah, uh, I'm going to pull the score for that because my memory does not remember it. My memory does not remember That was it. a very German phrase. I hope you know that. Oh, man. My memory does not remember it. <laughs> that was Zandeutsch. Let's see. We got our Ballad. Let's hope I can even do anything with it. You don't have to, but I just kind of... No, no, no. Now I'm curious. I want to see how bad it is. Du bist nur gierig. And I, I took it through at some parts and like, you know, I mean, like it, it still took a while, but it was going to take me a while anyway, you know, yeah. but you know, you know, this piece. And I can go on and on with that one, but That's yeah. Um, Good work. Um, yeah, there, there's some parts in there later, like especially when you got to do the, <laughs> oh man, this part I'm going to make a mockery of. I can barely play it now, oh, but like, the, <laughs> That's good. yeah, yeah, no, but, but the gift that kind of worked up for me, you know, especially since like, uh, not the most technically minded player in the world. Um, like it really came in handy and it kept me moving somewhere. So I didn't feel static. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, then like I was also having to do the whole, you know, that, that etude at the same time. And that one, I will just say literally just like repetition like nothing yeah. beats it. You just set a you just set a metronome and you just go, repeat it a whole bunch go, and go. then you turn it up a little bit. But like, <laughs> yep, slowly ratchet it up. But no, my overall plan on the uh, on the thing is like uh, on the Mendelssohn is uh, I will usually start it out like kind of sight reading it through the whole thing at a very slow tempo, and that's yeah. just so I can kind of get a feeling for the whole structure. Um, then I'm just going to start taking it apart. Like literally in that intro, you know, I would literally, well, not literally, I would just work on, you know, that first part. Just those little arpeggios going up the piano, just to make sure I'm getting the time, voicing right, whatever, at a very slow tempo before adding on the end, which I know I could do that in part, da, 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 dee, da, you know, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I would just start taking it apart hands separately, keeping everything comfortable. 
Um, and getting to that place where I can play through it slowly, keep everything comfortable, would be more important to me before I start speeding it up. Because once I do that, like speeding it up is going to be easier. We can do it. So We can do it. Yeah, we will return. Uh, we're not sure exactly what time frame, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. Yeah, we'll do something like that so we can see where we're at with it. High five. Go team go, right? High five. Woo! Woo! Go team venture. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, some cartoon. Oh, thank you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, oh, everyone. We hope thank you enjoyed you. our Mendel's one. And thank you so much, Jeff, for joining me. Uh, oh, thank you. Music it's always fun. <laughs> music of employer. Via Zend Deutsch. Und wir haben Music Toyer. Music Toyer! <laughs> Music Oven Toyer! Music Oven Something like that. Oh. <laughs> All right. I just zoned out on you. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. You're good. All right. Well, have a great evening, Jeff. Thank you oh, so much you for too. your time. We Thank hope, you. We hope you all enjoyed listening, and we will see you next time. All right. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs>